challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us uh, today on Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers here. We're so uh, blessed to have you. Thank you for taking the time out to come and uh, come be here live. It's awesome that you would hear, that you're here and that you would take the time to come. And and uh, just listen, every week I come on here and I'm trying to be honest with you and tell you exactly the truth. I don't want to, I don't want to mess around and not tell you the truth. And, and of course I tell you all about the food. That's true. But someone messed around and brought kale chips today. Kale chips. Miss Charlotte brought kale chips. And she's putting on her best acting, acting like the kale chips are good. They're not good. Nobody in their right mind. I'm, somebody needs to check her from the neck up. She needs to check up. Dr. Bonnie, check up from the neck up. She thinks, you like them? Now what's going to happen if I fall out here, blood pressure, my heart explodes. Now nobody will take care of me. Good land. Yeah. The kale is good for me, but I, I, I've spoken about it live on the radio. and ugh, those, those were not the best. Oh, I guess that's right. If I I wouldn't have blood pressure problems if I eat more kale chips. Kale chips, not cow chips. Oh, well, they taste like cow chips. I would think they would taste. Speaking of tasting, uh, so today, free sleep. We don't sleep because we don't live free. By the way, any of you here that your father has gone on to their reward uh, and you're missing them, God bless you. I know, I know that stuff. And some of you have very sick fathers right now. And, dealing with a whole lot of stuff and and god bless you i hope that uh hope you know that we're thinking of you and praying for you it's a tough time holidays are always a tough time uh there's always a segment of society that's just barely getting through and god bless you and, and um you know we will we will pray for you uh please pray for my good friend uh chris kahalen and his family they are in washington dc right now uh tomorrow they're going to be lobbying congress Amazing to be that sick and still that plugged in and and that that uh, intense about changing it for other people um, to be so focused outside of himself and his life. But his whole family is there. I was really hoping I could get down there to D.C. I hope I can still make it happen. But um, anyways, and then uh, also please pray for Don. I don't see him, but he's uh, he's in the good fight. So God bless him as well. And so many here that are sick, and also for Carson Sellers and. That whole family, it's just, uh, boy, it's tough to get through life. Sometimes it'd be easier to get through life, I think, if we slept better. Now, I have this raging high blood pressure, and I don't sleep very much. Since last night, I slept two hours and three minutes. So uh, that's 
that's generally not good. I think we have a doctor here that would probably agree. And so all that, uh, all that to say this, that, you know, there's a lot of sleeping problems. I was down at my mom's this is customary on, on Saturday and, and, uh, she and I were talking about how hard it is to sleep. First of all, I, I, I don't see anybody making a beeline to those kale chips. I see now all of a sudden you have these, uh, yeah, you, you know what? You have those chips to wash down that chip. That's a fact. Ugh. So uh, w one thing they tell me, the doctor tells me, and my mom, you know, and, and I've read this before, that as you get older, um, it's, it's difficult to sleep. You know, you just struggle to sleep. And in my situation with my blood pressure, they don't know what causes it. But what they do know is that I don't sleep enough. And apparently when you don't sleep, your blood pressure uh, goes up even in normal people. And I, you know, obviously I'm not in a situation where you could call me normal. But the point of the matter is, is, is free sleep. We talk about freedom. We talk about sleep, insomnia. My mom says she sleeps when she can, where she can. You know, it's just one of those things. And I know that I need to sleep. I'm, I'm always getting yelled at. Man, you got to sleep. And I want to sleep. But maybe we don't have deep sleep. Maybe we don't have sleep at all because we don't live free. And this week's odd message, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's an odd message because it's a compelling, um, it's a compelling result. I, I read some things, and oddly enough, this week, there were about nine or ten people that sent me the same thing. It was absolutely amazing. Nine or ten people. Welcome to chat, by the way. Welcome to Upstate New York. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Um, well, it was more than that. It was more than nine people. It was a whole bunch of people. And they sent me the same this very same um, Dr. Skip Moen, you guys have heard me talk about him, Dr. Skip Moen, Arthur J. Moen. He is uh, one of my professors, masters, and he's a world-renowned guy, he travels all over the world all the time, I don't know how he does it. And uh, he teaches uh, word study, today's word, and, and a word a day, and all that stuff. You should go to uh, skipmoen.com. And sign up for that. Make a donation, and then they'll put you on the mailing list. Doesn't have to be. So I was reading Dr. Moen's uh, work this week, and then I read a devotion. Somebody sent me this devotion. And said, "Have you ever thought about this?" Because you know, sleep for me, as I said in my open, is is really a big deal. Not to make it all about me, but right now it's all about me. Um, I mean, sleep is a big deal. I just can't sleep. It's not that I don't want to sleep. I try. I make all the conditions perfect and wonderful and great. Got the blacked out curtains, you know, blacked out room. Got a chilly, nice, comfortable, special bed. You know, everything's all good. Then I can't sleep. Or I sleep for a few minutes and wake up. You know, it's just terrible. You know, sleep. You got to sleep. As human beings, God designed us supposed to sleep. That's when all your healing happens. So I read this. And I thought to myself, man, living free. You ever know somebody, and maybe this sticks out to some of you, you ever know anybody that can sleep at the drop of the hat? Boy, I mean, oh, we've got a lot of hands going up. Everybody got their hands up, except for you. There's like two people in here. You, you what? You could sleep standing up. Wow, they teach you that in medicine, in medical school, don't they? Um, oh, that's amazing. Speaking of medical school, uh, add to your prayer list, uh, Catherine. Roberts, my friend Austin's dear wife, she's in, uh, what do they call it once you get out of medical school and then they work you to death? Residency. She's in her residency and uh, working 100-hour weeks. It's crazy. It's just nuts. 
pray for that sweet, sweet lady. She cares about people. So anyway, point of the matter is, maybe there is a point here. I swear there will be. Um, the point of the matter is, they tell us we have to sleep. And you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I know how important sleep is at this stage of my life. I know, right? Yeah, you're now people trying to stay awake in here. Live audience trying to stay awake. Everybody's smacking themselves. If I keep talking, everybody's asleep. You never know what I'll do, though. It's a wireless mic. I could walk all over all over the place. Sometimes when I travel and I give speeches, I won't I won't sit up on the stage or whatever. I'll sit out in the audience and I'll have them mic have mic you know mic me up, and then. Uh, I'll try to hear what people are saying about the speaker. Well, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who he thinks he is, whoever he is. He's not even up on the stage. What's he think? He's special? He's probably late. Are we paying him? We better not be paying him. I don't pay late people. But then I'm sitting right next to him. It's fun sometimes. And then I stand up, and then they make that sheepish face, that Jesus face. Oh, praise the Lord. He was among us. Amen. That's special. <laughs> Boy, looks like he needs to sleep. He looks tired. He couldn't even make it all the way up there for the be up there when we was announcing it. Needs to get a rest. <laughs> Maybe we don't sleep because we don't live free. Maybe we don't. So I'm here's what I'm going to do. This just went through my head when I was reading this. I said, my goodness. Plus, so many different people sent it to me. I I don't know how many. It must have been some of you in here sent it to me as well. So if the sun makes you free, you'll be free indeed, John 8, 36. The sun makes you free, you'll be free indeed. We talk all about freedom. So Dr. Moen, what he does, he breaks down the words in, in Hebrew and Greek, and he really digs in deep, and then he goes into the cultural the cultural worldview. Yeah, I see you, Don. How are you, brother? Um, he goes into everything, the whole deal. What was Who was talking? What's their background? What did they have? What cloak did they have on them? And then what's going on around them, and who are they talking to? It's it's awesome. It's hard. It's heady stuff. I mean, it's real heady stuff. I mean, it, you know, Dr. Mullen, whew, his exams are hard now. Let me tell you, they're real hard. I'm still working. I'm, I'm working on another doctorate now, a doctorate in ministry. And, and this one class, I'm only on part one of two parts on part one of five. And all it is, I got to write a 250-word thing. You know me, the hardest part's writing only 250 words, but the bottom line is, is it isn't right yet. Still working on it. So what does, you're talking about biblical worldview, free, what does the biblical worldview, why does the biblical worldview seem so impossible to put into Dr. Moen's words? So I'll stop and I'll tell you it's me, and you'll know because it, Dr. Moen's words are a lot smarter, a lot more intelligent. Then we'll back it down. For me, it'll be obvious that it's me talking. How can Yeshua say that, we should not worry about tomorrow, that we should constantly forgive, that we are not to calculate the requests and demands of others, that we are not to seek self-protection in the face of threat. What could possibly justify such radical claims? Why does this instruction seem so opposed to just plain common sense? Some of these questions can be answered by an examination of the concept of freedom. The differences between the biblical view of freedom and the common idea of freedom in our culture and the implications for daily living are dramatic. These differences point toward a radically altered view of reality. Now, this is this is the not as smart guy talking. Teacher was just talking. Now the students talking. 
biblical view of freedom and the common idea of freedom in our culture. There's a lot into that. There's a lot shoved into that little bag. There's 10 pounds of knowledge shoved in a little five pound. A lot of you probably heard it put a little differently, but 10 pounds of knowledge shoved into a five pound bag. I mean, let's think about what that says. The differences between the biblical view of freedom, which is what? It's unchanging. The biblical view doesn't change. People say, well, you know, it's a living book. Yes, it's the living scripture is living because of who breathed in it, but it's not living from the standpoint that we change. Well, that applied back then, but doesn't apply now. What applied then and what was being spoken of there applies there, and there are application points that we can take here in our life, but it doesn't go one for one. It's not doesn't match up exactly. The biblical view of freedom, the common idea of freedom in our culture, you know, free, man, I'm free. I do what I want to do. I go where I want to go. I'm free. Ain't nobody slave. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, right? Now, all of a sudden, the laws, the laws are being flipped on their ear in the state of Delaware. Now, you know, they've had victory after victory after victory. It's a very, very blue state, super, super liberal, and everything they're asking for, they're getting, and it's all stuff that is terrible. But what is it? It's all stuff so that somebody else can say, hey, I'm free, but it's at a cost to someone else. Now, in Delaware, the law just passed. The governor just signed it. It says you can commit an abortion up until the baby being delivered. It's absolutely disgusting. And so many on the left said, we didn't know. We, we didn't realize that. No, they told us that it was just so that if you, uh, if there's an emergency, it gives the doctor, doctor legal, uh, during you know, late terms of pregnancy, it gives the doctor the, the legal option to abort, to terminate the pregnancy to save the life of the mother. Well, that's always existed. I looked it up. I asked. That's always existed in a medical situation. If the mother's life is in jeopardy, truly in jeopardy, 0.03% of the time, by the way, 0.03, three-tenths of 1%, by the way, this big thing we got to do. You might say, man, you're going off on a tangent. You're in a lot of backyards running after rabbits. No, this, this is very much applicable. They say, I, I want freedom for my body. I want freedom. I want to be free. I don't want to be told I have to do anything. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Really smart people say that. Jerry says that. I know other people, the really smart people that say it. Everything can be permissible, but it's not always beneficial. So the, the yearning for freedom in today's culture and society is, it's my body, my choice. I am pro-choice. So you say, it's my body, it's my choice. I, I have freedom. But whose freedom hangs in the balance? The innocent baby. The innocent baby. It's amazing to me. It's just stunning to me. And all the other different, I'm just using Delaware because that's one I've been studying. But So all these stunning things have been happening that say, hey, we want to be free at the cost of what? At the cost of someone else. Someone else. One group of society says, hey, I want to be free to not worry about how to pay my bills. I want you to pay your Who's free and who's enslaved? It's the differences between the biblical view of freedom and the common idea of freedom in our culture, Dr. Moen says, and the implications for daily living are dramatic. Yes, it is dramatic. This is a radically altered view of reality. When we, by the way, if you want to read Dr. Moen's other stuff, there's a, on, on this show announcement, if you could, by the way, if you're listening and you're not subscribed, you don't follow the show on Blog Talk Radio, Click on follow or subscribe, whatever it says, put your stuff in there, and then you'll be able, there's a link there for Dr. Moen, when I put his name, 
Also, if you want to follow him, go to my website, theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com, and there's a hyperlink there in the blog announcement for today. So go there, click on that. You'll go right to the right place. And like I say, for a small donation to him, not to me, to him, um, you can get into the community and it can be one time or it can be ongoing. And the reason why that's important is because um, the people in the community get helped out. I mean, it's just a, there's been people that have been taken hostage that the community got together and raised enough money to help the person, to get people involved. And there's been people that have been sick in the hospital that we've helped do it, people in the community. It's just, it's a cool, amazing thing. Right now, uh, there's a lady translating the Bible or translating uh, Dr. Mullen's books, translating them so that people in all kinds of languages can understand. And then the community is what makes that happen. It's kind of cool. So check that out at, at my website, theninjapastor.com. So when we say, this is Dr. Moan, when we say that a man or a woman is free, we usually imply something about the absence of restraint, right? I don't want any restraint on what I do. I don't want any restraint on what I do. I don't want anybody telling me, air quotes, how to live. Something about the absence, I don't want anything to restrain me. I want to be free. Be free to do what I need to do. Now, in politics, this will mean the absence of some dominating and determining factor that prevents self-rule. In finances, this will mean the absence of economic suppression. Man, I want to be free and independent. How many people in here would sure like to be free and independent? How many people around the world listening right now would like to be free and independent as it relates to finances? Wouldn't it be nice to not have to worry over money? Wouldn't it be nice? I'm watching this show. I won't say the name of it. I'm not going to give them advertising. But watching this show, this really successful advertising company and this, you know, the, the detail, the lives that go on, the back and forth, and, and it's really a tough one. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough show. It's so well done. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen, series, uh, and one of the most popular. But it's, it's really well done. The actors are amazing and everything. And they detail this situation where they're always trying. These salespeople are always trying to make it to that next level. Man, i got to. You know, and the way they're going about it is crazy. It's just, it's nuts. You can see it from the outside. You're looking there. Well, what they're seeking is freedom. They want freedom. They're, they're looking at this and they're saying, man, I want to be free. I, and free for me would be, I'm tired of worrying about money. I said a couple of weeks ago, I must have said something about the lottery or Powerball. Powerball must have been four and some million dollars. And I said something about it. Well, you wouldn't believe the letters I got. Well, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're not supposed to talk about gambling. That's gambling. That's games of chance. You should go back and listen to my sermon uh, that's based on Dr. Moen's book, Lucky in Life, where I go through and talk about makarios, what that really means, blessed are that, and then what those words mean. It's free. Go to the website, drshawngreener.com, and the whole series is there for free. It's absolutely free. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I'd sure like to know what it's like to not worry about money. In the absence of just more obviousness, it sucked to reach your hand into your pocket and go, dang, I don't, I don't have any money. Anybody in here ever been in that place? All of us have. Every one of us has been in that place. You ever, now here's one for you. You ever, you want to talk about in a bind. You ever be, you go to the grocery and you thought you had more money than you did? You could have swore I saw 20s in there. I saw, I'm sure I did. Turned out, turned out they were ones all bunched up that you shoved in there. You get there, stand there, you've got $22 worth of food and you've got $3. And they look at you, you look at them, they look at you. I always do this. I go, I have made a serious miscalculation. I will return 
these items to where they belong, and I will be back with approximately $3 worth of merchandise. And then I put the stuff back, and I walk out the store. And I'm not going back up there with no $3. Here is candy. What even can he get for $3? So, so you know, that is that weighs heavy on you, doesn't it? Robs you of your freedom. You're, you're, you're not free. You're not free in your mind. Maybe that maybe you're up all night worrying about money. In the marketplace, it may mean the absence of discrimination in career choice or the absence of cultural and social restrictions on lifestyle. Listen, in this show that I'm watching, y'all have figured it out. You know what it is, super popular. Listen, on this show, women on this show in the 60s could not do a ton of stuff. Now, I was born in 1965. I know I look much younger, at least 1972, 78, you thought. But in 1965, I was born, and, you know, one to five, you know, I, it's 1970, and, I, and I, I wasn't paying much attention to all that stuff. But I can tell you this, watching this series, and they say it's historically very accurate, I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, my goodness, women were treated horribly. Women were treated terribly, just terribly, in the workplace, in the workplace. They were just chattel, men. Talk to them. It, sexual harassment, man. If you if you could make a dime on sexual harassment, each case, I'd be a rich man if I could go back in time and prosecute that. Discrimination, the absence of just look at look. I want to be free to let my talents, my skills and talents, the 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 value I bring to the marketplace. I want that to represent what I'm about. I want it to represent what I'm about, man. If I bring you value, I want to make fair money. Right? I want to be treated fairly. If if I bring profit to the company, I want to be treated. And that's why I've always been an entrepreneur. I I don't do well when I'm working for a whole bunch of, like corporate, the corporate thing, I'm not a fan of it. I respect authority and all that stuff, but they move at a different pace. They move slow. So working for myself, I love that. I love it all. Hey, bring it on. Falls on me, bring it on. I know I can work hard. I know I can work smart. Not that I don't make mistakes, but the bottom line is, there better not be any discrimination in the workplace. If I'm the one running it, that's me. That's on me. If I'm discriminating against me, I don't like what you wore to work today. Well, I don't like how you boss me around, you know, looking in the mirror, talking bad to myself. Then Sean Greener says, shut up, Sean Greener. You can't tell me what to do. You know, that type of thing. You're, you're envisioning this in your mind. Oh, I can fire me. You're out of here. And then I got to go do the work. The other me's got to go do the work. And that's just not going to work out. So cultural and social restrictions on lifestyle. Let me say this to you folks. Watching this series, I'm seeing uh, black people relegated to very, very menial tasks, like pressing the button. White people, as I understand it, if I'm believing this series in Manhattan, uh, you know, really ritzy place, really ritzy buildings, they press the button. People come on and say, unless you know what floor they're going to, people come on, you say, I need floor number six, floor number 21. Tenant dressed all fancy, presses that button, pretends like he holds the door, you know. He doesn't really because the door opens by itself, but all right, whatever. Um, And then the people walk in and walk out. That person is invisible. Stunning to me. It's it's absolutely stunning to me. I watched it, and it was was a shocker to me. Culturally, Social restrictions. You could, if you were from a certain class of people, you couldn't get to that next level. You couldn't get there unless you were astounding, amazing, and immune to someone trying to put you under their thumb. 
And it really made me feel bad for women and black people. I always felt bad because I feel like that's, that's just not right. It should be freedom. We should be free. What you bring is what you bring, right? I mean, fair enough Do we agree on that. What you bring, who you are, and what you are. Now, if you stink at your job and you're lazy and you don't mind your business and you don't bring profit to the company, guess what? You shouldn't get a raise. You shouldn't even get a job. You shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't have a job. I always tell people, when people ask me to counsel them about what's going on in their life and why can't they improve in their life, and I talk to them about their job, and I say, you know, how much money an hour do you make? They say, well, I, I make $20 an hour. I say, how much do you want to make? Well, I want to make $100 an hour. Well, guess what you need to do? You need to work as though you're making $100 an hour, as though they're compensating you $100 for 20 hours worth of work. In other words, flip that around. You need to present $100 of value, even though you're only being paid $20, and especially if you're a Christian. My goodness, don't be a lazy Christian. Anyway, I can get a whole sermon out of that one. All of these negative definitions view the world, this is Dr. Moan again, as a hostile, hostile or hostile? What do we do? If I did a voice, if I did a, a hostile, that would be better, right? Just hostile. We'll just go with hostile. Threatening place that left to its own devices, seeks totalitarian control over the individual. This control might come from government, it might come from nature, but the result is essentially the same. I have this conversation with friends of mine. We talk about nature, you know. On the left, obviously you figured out by now, I'm a pretty conservative person politically. Uh, they're always talking about save the environment, save the environment. And look, I'm, I like to photograph, I like to be out in the environment. I'm out there all the time. Love it. I'm a hunter. Nobody's a greater uh, conservationist than a hunter. Nobody likes to be out in the woods and stuff like that or on the beach. We want it clean. We want the water clean. We want the beach clean. That's how it is. We want to be able to go back tomorrow and have a good experience. But you know what? I hear a lot of people talk about nature like somehow it's this benevolent thing. Let me tell you something. Having been to Antarctica, having been to the Arctic, both top and bottom, been to Alaska, and I can tell you, you don't know how big a polar bear is until you're about 20 feet away from it and there's no glass wall, no big fence, it's not 40 feet down. It's real and it's right there. And you don't know how real that is. You don't know how big that sucker is. Danger, most dangerous bear, deadliest bear is a polar bear. But you know what? That's nature. If that polar bear, and it can, it can outrun me, especially now post-crash, pre-crash, I think I... In my head, I'm thinking, I could outrun that bear. I believe I could, right? I, you know, right, 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 right. The claw that's bigger than my whole chest cavity. So so this, you know, obviously he, he or she could easily outrun me and kill me. One swipe, I'm gone, I'm dead. Nature doesn't care about fair. That's my point. That's nature. People say, well, we got to kill that bear. You know, these mountain lions, these, remember these mountain lions? You always hear about the bicyclists. They ignore the signs. Do not ride your bike or hike down this trail. There are mountain lines. What's this person do? Well, I think I'm going. Yeah, I have cats at home. I know all about them. I speak their language, right? These crazy people, these loons, they're always leftists too. You know that's true. So they're on their little bike and their little tight little underpants that they wear on the outside. And they're going, you know, they've got to look. And all of a sudden, this mountain lion comes along and he's, he or she is following them going, Licking his chops, going, hmm, fresh food right here. Nothing I like better. 
they pounce on it, kills the person or almost kills them. First thing everybody wants to do, well, let's kill the mountain lion because it's gotten a taste of blood. Same thing with sharks. My goodness, let's catch the shark and find out why the shark bit the person. Here's why. Nature doesn't give a flying flip about you. Nature eats you. You're up in his house. They can swim underwater without breathing. I can't. Surfer gets bit. That's how it works. Oh, my goodness, there's a bear in uh, Pennsylvania. First thing they do is they want to shoot this bear. Bear's doing what it's supposed to do. Bear ain't hurting anybody. Don't go in its area. Leave it alone. Let it be. My point is nature will do what it's going to do. When I'm walking sometimes, I run across snakes. Now, I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm not afraid of stuff that can scare me. I've, I've discovered uh, coyote pups right where I live. I knew I, I knew it. Last Sunday night, I think it was, I'm walking, and my dog my dog is like, Mm-mm, Daddy, we ain't going there. I'm like, what's the matter? You know you like to go over there. I knew when my dog didn't want to go over to where we were going, and she was trying to, like, stand in front of me, looking at me going, I know you're crazy, but I know a little better. I smell 100 times better than you. We're not going over there. I shine my flashlight over there, and there are three little eyes peering out of the weeds. And then I look a little bit from there, about 20 yards away, and there's two other eyes that are considerably higher off the ground. Guess what it was? It was a coyote. I'm not taking on a coyote. Now, I always do have my gun, but I don't want to shoot it right then and there. I want to be a little, you know, Delaware. Don't lose your mind. The people in the comment section be like, oh, he's shooting coyotes with puppies. No, I'm not going to shoot the coyotes with puppies. He's up. But in the state of Delaware, they're taking over. They're killing all the deer, the ground pheasant, everything, turkeys, you know, they're just killing discriminately. My point here is, if that coyote, which is how us country people say it, farmers and all, if that coyote wanted to come around behind me without me knowing, it could have. Because you know why? I'm going to tell you why. That's nature. That's what nature does. Nature does that. Bears do it. Wolves do it. Mean dogs. When I was doing my book tour, I love seeing those crocodiles, alligators, down in Florida. And all I ever wanted to do was see one in the wild. Went over to some people's house for a cookout. They have a house that butts up against, their yard butts up against this lake. And I said, hey, can I walk out there out back and see what's out there? No, not this time of day. What do you mean? And I, their pool had a fence around it. I said, you know, how come you have a fence around your pool? They're like, because we don't want the gators in our pool. I said, you have gators in there? They said, yeah, it's Florida. Body of water, gators. Well, then my curiosity got a hold of me, and I said, man, I wonder if I could go see one. They said, you know what? If a gator is in the weeds, he'll be on you, biting you, before you ever hear him. I said, well, that's nature. Never mind then. I'm going to sit in here and eat some chicken, which I did. But I was still curious. I'm going to be honest with you. So nature, this control might come from nature. i got to exercise common sense. But government or nature or finance, whatever the case may be, it is the, the end result is we don't feel free. No, I can't go over there because I heard there's bears over there. No, I can't go over there because I heard there's mountain lions there. Right? I have a requirement. I have a requirement on me now to exercise common sense. Well, maybe there's a fence and there's a government sign there that says we've taken this land from people, not for nothing, but they do it all the time, taking this land for people. Secretary Ryan Zinke, by the way, look him up, former uh, SEAL Team 6 commander. Amazing guy. He is now the uh, he's a Secretary of the Interior. You're going to see some major changes. There's major givebacks of millions of acres 
coming. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, so what I'm saying to you, the government might be keeping down, or maybe your job, maybe your education, maybe where you work is keeping you down. I don't know what those things are, but they're keeping you from being free. The world wants sovereignty over me, man. The world wants to tell me how to live. Freedom is my word for escaping this attempt to control me, is what Dr. Moen says. Right? We think of it that way. I think that way. He's absolutely right. Nobody tells me what to do. What's that show that they just remade that they wrecked? Dirty Dancing? Nobody puts baby in the corner? Oh, somebody should have put baby in the corner. The second one, she should have been in the corner. for she, It was horrible. It was the worst remake I've ever seen. Dirty, do you guys see it on the networks live? It was horrible. It was terrible. I like that show, Dirty Dancing, the movie, but it was bad. Somebody should have put baby in the corner. That's the big character in the movie says, you know, nobody puts baby in the corner. Meaning, you know, she can't be told what to do. Dad's telling her, society's telling her, all these different things. She's breaking free. Escaping the attempt to control me, that's what that is. We say, I don't want to be, let me just tell you this. I'll admit this. This isn't in here. It's not written down. I might, you know, reveal a little something here. One of the reasons why, for 22 years, I rode motorcycles. 22 years, I rode motorcycles. And I'm telling you, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And what I felt Every single day that I went out, I rode my motorcycle all the way down to 15 degrees. 15 degrees Fahrenheit, I would ride my motorcycle. Um, and I've ridden it at 107 degrees, real degrees. Not heat, uh, not heat index, but real degrees. I learned the hard way. I can't go below 15. I, I couldn't put my legs down at a, at a uh, red light. I could not. I was making deals with myself. I think I can balance the 600-pound motorcycle. Yeah, I just can't move my feet. And then luckily the light turned green and I went. But I'm telling you, you know, but I'm t I love freedom. I love being there. You say, well, that's crazy. You don't have anything around you protecting you. But yeah, I felt free. I felt free. Just I could smell everything. You know, obviously this is pre-crash, but I could smell everything. I could smell everything. I could see everything. A lot of stuff I didn't want to see. But I felt trapped in a vehicle. I felt free on a motorcycle. Everything trying to control me. The Greek, this is back to Dr. Moen, the Greek, Greeks recognized long ago that completely unrestrained freedom meant anarchy. Man, isn't that true? Do whatever you want. Got to have rules. Got to have rules. Nature itself has rules, right? I go, what did I just say? I go out where the little sign says, and you know what? There might not be a sign. Oh, one of my friends on Facebook, I just, uh, I just related this today. Just, he just told me about this. Building a house on Facebook. Uh, he's retired, retired police, and he's building this house, and they're putting his yard in and his sidewalks in and, and whatever it was they were doing, landscaping. Lives in a dry, arid, you know, really, really uh, deserty, high desert place. And the and the people putting the yard and the fancy stuff and the sidewalks and all in were digging. They're digging, and all of a sudden, uh, a den of about 30 rattlesnakes. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I don't think you should build here. Nobody checked with us. And uh, I don't know if anybody got bit or anything like that, but, I mean, it was a big deal. It was a major big deal. Th at least 30 rattlesnakes in this in this nest. They didn't know it existed. What do snakes do? They bite. Can't be mad at the snakes. You just can't be. I mean, it could be, but it'd be stupid to be mad at nature. It, things that we don't even think about controlling us control us. And you know what? We can't live in a world where we're totally free to do whatever we want whenever we want. It's just a fact. Social Look, the social construct is, look, I can't do stuff that I'm not supposed to do 
if it hurts you, I, sh I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. Now, if you say to me, I don't like when you mow your grass. It makes me feel bad about my three-foot-high grass. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, you should be cutting your grass. I mean, that's just reality. Well, I want to grow rattlesnakes over in my yard, and, and I don't want to have anything. I don't, just so you know, I don't want to grow rattlesnakes. I don't want to raise rattlesnakes. Although I would like rattlesnake boots, but whatever. Um, live a long life first, unless you bite me, in which, in which case I, I hope it's short. But the point is, because I get angry when rattlesnakes bite me, you get that point. The, the, the point is social systems require, we've got to have constraints. Well, I like burning furniture. My house furniture I don't like anymore. I carry it outside. I tote it outside, and I just burn it in my backyard because I want to. Well, you know what? I don't like parking my car up against the curb. You know what I like to do? I like to park in the middle of the cul-de-sac. That's where I like to park. I just like to stop where I stop. I don't like to take my trash out. Nobody puts, nobody binds me. I'm going to take my trash out. I, I want to leave it just pile up there. Well, you can't because then rats come. Of course, if you have enough snakes, it doesn't matter how many rats you got. Rats are going to be food for snakes. Which do you want? You want rats? You want snakes? My point is this. I'm not up here advocating for snakes, but somebody has to say, hey, you know what? In, in society, there is a construct that we have to file, uh, follow. Social systems require constraints. got to happen. Well, I like playing my music real loud. I like to play my music real loud. Joe Bonamassa, booming. David Phelps, booming, thumping. Well, that might be okay when everybody's at work. Nobody's home next door. But if it's 1030 at night, all the lights are off, probably shouldn't do that. That's, that's a social construct. We, it's a constraint that reasonably we should do. We all agree on that. But this is just as true today. We have only a look at the chaos in societies run by warlords and gangs to see that there is a dark side to freedom. So freedom is constrained by law, and law is an attempt, is the attempt of the group to bring into line those who would seek unrestrained existence. How many in this room and how many around the world today listening around the door? By the way, welcome. Everybody's joining chat. It's awesome. Uh, how many, how many have ever been to a place that was falling apart politically? Like a Venezuela or another country, a, a, a Latin American country? What's that? Washington, D.C., somebody said. Yeah, amen. The islands, yeah. I mean, if you've ever been in a place, people say they want they want uh, revolution. I hear that all the time. What a revolution. Come time for that. Well, until you've been in one of those countries, I've been in those countries. I've been in countries where warlords, yeah, this is quickly becoming that. When a guy like Steve Scalise, super nice man, everybody that knows this guy, uh, Majority Whip Scalise, and several other people get gunned down. That That fellow was there for one reason and one reason only, to kill... 24 Republicans so that the majority would flip. That's reality. If you haven't put two and two together, there were 24 people shot at. There were more people than that there, but congressmen, that number of congressmen, yeah. We want to kill that number. Why? Because as soon as that number of Republicans are no longer there, you got to have a special election. Well, that's reality. But you see, this social political restraint creates a more difficult problem. If society demands that I live under laws for the good of the whole, in what sense can I ever truly be free? How many of you, how many, just, you don't have to raise your hand, but just think it, think it, don't raise your hand, have, have had or have a mortgage, car payment, mortgage, car payment, whatever, big payment, you got to make every month. 
How many have ever felt the joy of burning the deed or the mortgage, the mortgage paper to your house? Man, nothing like it. There ain't nothing like that. Having a car that's paid off, nothing like it. Having no bills, owing nobody, there's nothing like that. But you know what? Somebody's still always going to tell you. They're always, the government's going to say, well, you owe us taxes on this. My aunt and uncle, my Uncle Charles and Aunt Mary Lee, uh, dear sweet people, they didn't have a mortgage on their house, but the state that they lived in believed in taxing old people to death. They had to sell that house and move because they couldn't afford the taxes on the home. School taxes, thinking taxes, bright idea tax, my nose twinge tax, I wore the wrong shoes tax, I, uh, you know, I, I wear white shirts too much tax, whatever the case may be. There's a tax on everything, and they had to leave. They had to move. They said, we've got to sell this house. They didn't have a mortgage on it, but they had terrible taxes. Government ex exerting control. Look, our Western culture, back to Dr. Mohn, our Western culture has adopted the Greek answer. To be truly free, you must be free from within. A man or a woman who finds inner freedom may live within the society governed by law, but his or her soul is not damaged by the restraint. Restraint of any kind is external. Now, look, I'm going to say this. I'm going to interrupt Dr. Moan. He won't mind because he's not here. Uh, I have been in situations where uh, being exposed to people who are imprisoned, uh, either from a military entity, let's say, or a, or a pseudo-military entity, they have been imprisoned. They've been caught, and they're now no longer free to go. And then I've been in prisons. I've been sitting on a table or at a table in the midst of some of the worst murderers this this world has ever known. I've literally been, I've shook the hand of serial murders. I've been in that place, all locked in. Here's the crazy thing. I'm a free man while I'm in there. There are more prisoners than there are prison guards. Good is not outnumbered anymore. Good is outnumbered. Good, you know, the guards, there's not enough of those. If that, if that whole prison... The population of prison says, you know what, tonight's the night. We're all going to revolt. We're all going to say, nope, not tonight. You're not telling us what to do. You're not telling us what to eat. We're not going to bed. We're not leaving this room. You're not leaving this room. But look, I'm a free man. I don't have some sentence on me. I'm not doing a 20-year bit for this or that. I'm going to visit somebody in there that is. But while I'm there, I am no longer. I'm not free to say what I want to say. I'm not free to eat what I want to eat. I'm not free to sit how I want to sit. I'm not free to do what I want to do. Even if I say, ooh, I'm tired. i got to perk up. i got to drive a long way home. I'm going to do me some jumping jacks. If I'm in the visitation room and I start doing jumping jacks, some folks are going to come and introduce themselves to me, stick first. <coughs> no, I can't do as I want to do in there. Am I a free man? You better believe I'm a free man, sort of until I'm in there. It only becomes damaging, back to Dr. Moen, it only becomes damaging when I allow the external circumstances of life to define my own inner world. Wherever external threat becomes the basis of my own self-concern, I come under the control of something beside myself. But even though I may be threatened, I do not need to allow that threat to dominate my life. In our culture, general freedom is found in self-control. 
This is why prisoners emerge as victors over their captors. This is why we recognize the indomitable spirit of man rising from disaster, from despotism, and from degradation. We intuitively know that a self-possessed person can never be chained, for even if the physical shackles are in place, the soul is still free to soar. The Greek view of freedom is at the core of our worldview. Listen, nothing against Greek people. I know Greek people. I've been great friends with Greek people. Greek people are great people. Say that three times fast. They're great people. Absolutely. But the Greek worldview, as we're talking about now, going back language and culture and worldview in general, is, is different. It's a different approach than Hebrew worldview and culture. It's just different. I'm not throwing rocks at them, but I think the Hebrew culture, if we'd have stuck with that, that model, we've been in a lot better shape today. As a world, we've been in a lot better shape today. But the Greek view of freedom is at the core of our worldview. It is based on the belief that freedom is essentially the ability of control external threat, and that freedom is achieved when external threat is eliminated, even if the elimination occurs only within the person through refusal to be dominated. He says, look, you can put these on me, these chains. You can put them on me. You can make me a political prisoner. But you, you can't imprison my mind. Right? We hear all that big talk, don't we? You can't imprison my mind. You, oh, yeah, you can lock me up. But you can't, you can't have this tap in his head, he says, where allegedly his brain is. You can't have this tap in his heart where allegedly his soul is. You can't have that. You cannot have that. I look at Yeshua, uh, you know, being beaten, being tortured. Can you imagine the freedom? I know this don't sound crazy to you, but it's the first time it occurred to me today. 11 years of postgraduate education, this is the first time in Yeshua, you imagine. Can you imagine the freedom in his head that may have been going through his head when they're beating him one strike from death, 39, one from death, when they're spitting on him, when they're doing all these things? Can you imagine the freedom of knowing at any point in time? any point in time, I make this end, it's over. And then you realize immediately, guard, who is abusing me, killing me, will kill me tomorrow, because I know that's how it works. I know what's coming. I didn't write, I didn't read the book, I wrote the book. I am the book. I know what's coming. You can't do anything to me. What do you think you can do to me? Take my life? I'm going to rise again on the third day. Good luck with that. Can you imagine the freedom? Have any of you ever had that situation? you ever been in a situation where you were the smartest person in the room, where you were the person who had the most influence and control in the room? I've been in that situation. I mean, it was kindergarten, and I was grown up, but the different story is, and even in that, it's that example. How many have ever been in a room full of kindergarten? You don't have control. Man, if those, if those kids ever take on the prisoner ideology of we ain't going to be in prison anymore, no, we're having our milk and cookies now. You better be running to the kitchen getting you some milk and cookies. They have a revolt on you in deep trouble. In this world, man is made for self-control, and wherever that control is threatened, freedom is at stake. Ultimately, this view of freedom must address the spirit of man. It must confront the inner prisons and break the bonds that hold men captive in their own minds. For man to be fully free, both the external and the internal worlds must coincide, and both must be mastered. In our world, freedom is control of what would otherwise constrain me. This is, at its core, an issue of inner resolve. It is ultimately a spiritual matter, for in the end, freedom is a state of inner being. Man, sounds fluffy, doesn't it? 
but it's true. Not simply the removal of external threats. Look, I'm not saying to you, and Dr. Moen's not saying to you, look, you know, you want to be free? Then these things are, that are, are keeping you captive, what do we call them? We call them strongholds. In the church, we make up these words, uh, strongholds. Uh, the devil's got a stronghold in my life. You've got to break the strongholds of the enemy, right? So we say that. We say, people. how many, all right, this will get real. How many people in here know somebody that's, that has someone in their life, or maybe you have someone there, that was otherwise normal one day, and then a short time later, you read or you learn that they've overdosed on heroin or opiates or whatever, and they're dead? How many? They took the, maybe they were at rehab. They went to rehab and they kicked it. They kicked it. And they went back. And then they kicked it again. Then they went back. They say, well, it's an addiction. I don't, I don't have any control over it. I don't know. I guess we should debate that. Maybe, you know, as, as, as uh, literally billions of tax dollars are going now all over the country to fight this opiate and this heroin epidemic. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And as all this is happening, guess what? Everybody's running around trying to figure out how do we fix this? I tell you, it's less a problem of addiction to a substance than it is a problem of the heart. It's, it's an emptiness that I think only God can fill. I really believe that. I really believe that. So you can, you can remove all the external. Look, our founders, when they came here, there were many external threats. But many of them had such great peace because they knew. What, is, um, what did Mattis say? General Mattis? Somebody, somebody had the, the uh, to, to mer- utter gall, really, to ask him, you know, how do you sleep at night? He said, I sleep fine. No, no what, what keeps you up at night? He said, nothing keeps me up at night. I keep other people up at night. Man, when you know you got it, you got it, right? But ultimately, we have enemies. Otto Warnbeer, a kid. College kid, Virginia Tech student, comes back. Turns out he's been in a coma for 18 months. Day after his, uh, apparently, day after he got sentenced to North Korea, coma. Beaten in that terrible, terrible, and he's beaten into a coma. Been in a coma ever since. Now all of a sudden he comes home, and he's virtually brain dead. I have to say the hard thing here. You, listen, when you're in a situation and they have control, the only thing you have is your mind. How many stories have we read of political prisoners? Mandela. Mandela is a great example. If you've read about the life and imprisonment of Mandela, listen, he said, it was my mind that kept me sane. It was my mind. How many How many uh, religious political uh, prisoners, religious and political, you know, they're in another country, they're witnessing, they're blessing everybody. And then they get taken. They get taken by a force that's greater than them. Looking at Otto Warmbier, and I don't know his faith. I don't know. God bless him. I hope he's saved. My goodness. I hope he knows Christ. You're not going to win. You know the basketball player Dennis Rodman, right? Everybody knows who he is. He's been over to there to the uh, to North Korea, and he's met with his little little buddy with the bad haircut several times, and he thinks he's doing some good. But you know what? If at some point Kim Jong-un says, you know what, I'm done with you. I'm done suffering you. So uh, we're going to take you into custody or we're just going to kill you. And they'll look at America and go, hey, America, we just killed him. Come pick up your refuse or we'll bury him or we'll let the dogs eat him because everybody's hungry in South Korea except for the people in charge. You're not going to win. It's outside of your control. 
So if you're stuck there and you're in prison, the only thing you have is your mind. The only thing you have is your faith. The only, the only control you have is what's inside you. The acquisition of freedom, our worldview most often, in the acquisition of freedom, our worldview often moves from outside in. We first attempt control of the circumstances of life in order to remove the threat to self-determination. But ultimately, even external freedom is not enough. Men must be free on the inside if they are to be ultimately self-determined. This implies that the final basis of freedom is self-control. Dr. Mohan goes on to say, behind the gospel of control is the assumption that given the right decisions, the right technology, the right government, the right society, and the right information, control is possible. Without this assumption, the entire structure supporting freedom falls. It is at this point that the biblical view of freedom is radically different. Gets a little, gets a little tough right here. You know, so hang on, by your bootstraps. The Bible does not offer a variation of this concept of freedom. It does not suggest a spiritual modification of the idea of controlling life. The Bible confronts the fundamental assumption of the world's idea of freedom head on. It simply says the basic assumption about control is wrong. From the Bible's perspective, there is no control. Men and women are not in charge of their lives. They are not gods. They do not reign over their circumstances, no matter how much effort they put into trying to do so. In the end, the biblical view is that God and God alone, not in conflict with the devil, is the sole authority. His will prevails always and everywhere, even if it takes a very long time from our point of view. From the biblical perspective, human effort to bring about human freedom, borders on idolatry. I say this all the time. I say it all the time. There are a lot of enslaved, imprisoned people walking the streets of America. There are a lot of people walking around right now, go to sleep, because of all the stuff on their mind. But they would be the very people that says, look, I am going to control this. As soon as I get this promotion, as soon as I achieve this level of this or that, as soon as I get enough money in the bank, as soon as I, as soon as this happens or that happens, within my illusion of control, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be at peace. Then I'll sleep soundly. What human beings are called to do is cooperate with God's purposes and manage the results of that cooperative effort as God would manage them. This means that contentment is a major element in the biblical view of human responsibility. It is more important for me to learn acceptance of what God is doing than it is for me to put my efforts into bringing about a world under my control. Let me say this. I mentioned addiction before. You know what? Addiction is a symptom. It's not the thing. It's a symptom of the thing. We think that we have everything under control. You know, there's not a heroin. I, I know lots of people that have taken heroin. I know few that have gotten through it in one piece. Very few. But not a single one of those people have ever said, yeah, you know what? I think it's going to turn out good for me. I, I think I put this needle on my I'm going to be fine. I am really going to be fine. That affects other people, but they're weak. I, on the other hand, am strong. And you know what? I like me. I like me, and 
I think I'm strong, and so I'm going to put this needle in my arm, and I'll be fine. I may like it. I may not like it. If I don't like it, I won't do it again. You know what? Even if I do like it, I don't think I'm going to do it again. Three weeks since, they're robbing houses. They're stealing money from their family's billfold. They're, they're stealing family valuables and selling them on the street for drugs. Then they turn to prostitution. Then they turn to, to robberies and, and uh, you know, beating up and killing people because they've got to get that drug. We look at that and we say the drug, the addiction, that's the problem. But that's not the problem. It goes way deeper than that. People in prison, they don't even see the bars around them. This doesn't mean we have to be passive. God's not passive. He expects us to restore his creation and fulfill his purposes with gusto. Enormous effort and concentrate. Look, I've said this. You've got to have concentrated desire. You have to have enormous effort. You better go at it with gusto, with gusto, what God tells you to do, do, and do it fully, do it all the way, no matter what. We are workers on his behalf. Jill says this all the time. We are to work until he comes. We're not masters of our own destiny. Listen, I, I love, uh, there's great speakers, motivational speakers and teachers that I really, really enjoy who happen to be Christian. Jim Rohn, one of them. God rest his soul. What an amazing man. Then there are many others. And they'll be the first to tell you, no, it's not about. If you just think better, be better. They, they, the, the ones I follow have a very, very strong faith in God. And they say, no, 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 it's, it's about connecting with the God power, not the human power. He can do amazing things through you if you let him. Freedom in the Greek sense is not only a myth, it is a costly mistake. Alignment with the Creator is the only definition of freedom in the Bible, and that means giving up my powerful desire to make things work out my way. Listen, sleep is a gift from God. He gives his beloved sleep, Psalm 127.2. Proverbs 3.24, when you lay down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lay down, and your sleep will be sweet. Psalm 3.5, I lay down and slept. I awoke. For I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell in safety, Psalm 4.8. We can trust in God and sleep even when we face the storms of life, just as Jesus and Peter did in all kinds of verses in the Bible. Mark 4.38 speaks well of it. I'm out of time. Listen, don't think that you can do it all by yourself. God can, but he needs you to work with him. Why not turn it over to God today? Why not? Why try? To, why keep trying to run everything? You're not sleeping good anyway. Try some of that and see what kind of deep, good sleep you get. God bless you and keep you. Listen to us on Wednesday. Sign up on Twitter, at the Ninja Pastor. Follow me there. Facebook, all those other places. Blog Talk Radio, all that stuff. God bless you. Have a great week. Happy Father's Day, fathers.